How do you manage a membership without losing your mind? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs, and you can always find me over at Heather Gray Consulting. And today we're diving into a popular business model, the membership slash subscription model. Um, it's the holy grail for what they call, you know, and see all the air quotes as I say this, passive income, when you can get people paying you on retainer on an ongoing monthly recurring basis. Um, For a lot of online business owners, it's the holy grail of online business ownership. And you'll see a lot of brick and mortars are starting to pick this up, that they're adding subscription-like services to their business models of service and product delivery because it creates such a good revenue stream for them. However, I do think that a lot of times members like membership site owners in an attempt to constantly be feeling as though they're giving enough value and delivering enough services and doing enough run the risk of burning themselves out before they've even begun. And today's listener is asking that almost as like a prevent defense, thinking about doing a membership, kind of seeing the mountain of work before them and wondering how to avoid that burnout. So let's dive into the listener question and I'll find you on the other side. Hey Heather, membership. Let me start that one over. Hey Heather, membership seemed to be the hot business component of the moment, and I've got the idea for one sketched out as part of my business plan. I excitedly followed the launch of the Try program from Stu McLaren, even though I skipped it this time around. But I'm really not sure if a membership is right for me and my business. I didn't just start my business because I was passionate about helping people. I also started it because I wanted the freedom of schedule that I dreamed about. Spinning class at nine, soccer at three, blogging at 10. But the memberships I see look like they're sucking the life out of the leaders. They're doing live streams at night, constantly adding new bells and whistles and trainings and guest experts, all for $50 a month. And then you see those same memberships shutting down because the leaders are burnt out trying to keep the group interesting. Before, Before I dive in, do you have any tips for how to maintain a good membership while avoiding burnout? Okay, yes. I you know, it's interesting. As I'm think- sitting here reading your question back, one of the things that comes to mind is that, that yes, this is relevant for all membership, you know, owners, but it's also relevant for a lot of business owners because what you're speaking to is how do I create a business model, plan, or service that I feel and can own confidently as enough, as worth the price point. Because I think what ends up happening for a lot of membership site owners in particular is they get themselves caught in a battle around how much content do they have to offer, provide, and deliver in order to reduce the churn. Because, you know, I I made the joke at the beginning of the show that this is passive income and we have to use all the air quotes available because there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into maintaining, preserving, and running a strong membership community. I think one of the mindset sort of wobbles that a lot of membership site owners have is a couple of things. One is that they keep focusing on over-delivery because they tell themselves a 
story that if they are giving so much good stuff, if they are doing all the things and being all the places and supporting all the members, then they are going to reduce churn. They are going to reduce the and churn being the number of people who opt out of their membership at, at before the next monthly subscription cycle continues. So here's there's a couple of things going on with that. One is I think that you know part of this is recognizing that you as a subscription service provider, you as a membership provider, you get to decide what your dream membership looks like. And you don't have to choose a membership model that delivers all the things. You as a business owner get to decide what enough is. You get to list all of the offerings that you're going to offer people and they get to decide if that's the level of support they currently need. Some people are going to want less support. Some people are going to want more support. Now, one of the roles and one of the group offerings I have is I offer myself as a group expert to membership, um, you know, membership communities, groups, masterminds, group courses and trainings. So somebody else creates their product or service and I come in and I offer my expertise because let's face it, they're teaching business strategy most of the times and business strategies aren't going to be effective unless they're paired with good mindset. And so a lot of these business owners and group um, creators will bring me in um, to augment what they're doing. Now, as a result, I've gotten my eyeballs and I've gotten my sort of fingers in a lot of different pies of different kinds of membership communities. And here's the thing I can tell you is that membership communities, the emphasis has to be on community. That a lot of people make the mistake of thinking it's about content. But for example, I was the mindset consultant for the Screw the 9 to 5 coaching community for close to two years. That group in its heyday had like seven to 800 members at a time. And knowing the backstage sort of scene of that, I can tell you the number of people, you know, participating in the Facebook group, participating on the hot seat calls, participating on the mastermind calls was way higher than the number of people going to look at the content that Jill and Josh had created inside their course network of available content. A lot of people joined the screw and they never went to the content. So part of it is recognizing that if you really know your avatar, if you really know your ideal client, you are going to know what they are coming to you for. And it is a match made in heaven when they are coming to you for the exact service you want to offer. Now, one of the things I have been really inspired by recently is is Brian Clark on the Unemployable podcast. He talks about this concept called seven figure small. And it's the idea that business owners get to create businesses by their design that don't create a huge amount of scale and a huge amount of growth, but they can still make an, a significant impact and a significant income from that. One of the ways he encourages his freelancers and contractors to think about their ideal business model is to ask them themselves a question. Ask, you know, he, you know, encourages us to ask ourselves this question. Who do I want to be 
responsible for. And as soon as I heard him say that on the podcast, I was like, I am so glad I have disengaged from so much of my social media that I was doing because I don't want to be responsible for that many people. I found his conception so validating and so affirming for who I am and how I want to move through the world. And I've taken it one step further by asking myself an additional question. What do I want to be responsible for? Because I think sometimes we create our offerings based on what we think our audience wants or based, you know, God willing, based on what the audience has told us they want, right? Because we've effectively done our good due diligence and we've done our market research. But we keep creating products and services in this reactive state of, I don't want to lose somebody's membership. I don't want this person to drop out. I want these people to see value. I don't want to get a reputation for, you know, having this piece of fluff membership. So I have to do all the things. What I encourage business owners to think about is what is their zone of genius? What do their clients and consumers need access to in order to learn and access that zone of genius? And then that's it. And then the follow-up question is, what do my members need to be supported in this goal? Because one of the things I think that business owners can start to think about is this is the information they need. What do they need in order to learn it in the most efficient way possible so that you are focusing on setting your client and your member up for success more than you are setting them up, like sort of setting it up to keep them and to maintain them. Because when your members feel as though they are getting wins, when your members feel as though that they are getting the bang for their buck because they came into your membership to learn a certain something and they're leaving their your membership having learned a certain something, the instinct is to go, oh, I've given them this content. I've given them the answer. They're going to go now. When actually, like think about the people you've learned from. You know, my podcast is a really good example. People keep coming back to my show, even though they've written in with their question and I've answered it. They don't go run and go, okay, I'm not listening to that show anymore. They keep coming back because if they've learned from me on X, episode, that implies that they might also learn from me down the road for why episode. So if you can start to think about your membership model, getting clear on the destination, what is it that you want your members to learn? How do you, in a way that sets you up for the most success so that accommodates your blogging schedule, your soccer schedule, your morning spin class schedule, how do you best want to deliver that? What are the resources that your members need to be successful learning that material? And then deliver. Beginning, middle, end. You get to keep it simple. The most successful memberships I've seen, and I define success not just by the number of members and the amount of revenue, but the number of people who get results from that membership. It's when they streamline it, they keep it concentrated, and they keep it simple. Think about what we learned about our niches, right? The riches are in the niches. We want to become the go-to expert for a certain skill set. When you deliver 
on that particular skill set, people are going to leave happy and satisfied. So even if they don't need you anymore, they become your referral source. They become your word of mouth. In addition, because you are the membership owner, that doesn't mean you are solely responsible for all the deliverables. You can hire a suite of contractors who help share their zone of genius, help support you in that. And I think that one of the things and the biggest mistakes that I see mindset business owners of mindset business, membership business owners do is they try to save every dollar by doing it themselves. Because they want the recurring revenue, right? They want to see those sexy, sassy numbers coming in at the end of every month of people re-upping. So they don't want to see that number decrease. And if they're paying out contractors, they are going to see that number decrease, right? So I think one of the biggest ways you could avoid burnout is if you ensure for yourself that you are staying inside your zone of genius and you are hiring the experts at everything else. So that might mean that you're hiring a VA for the customer service part. That might mean you're hiring somebody like me to augment the strategy you're teaching. I don't know if you're a business coach. I'm just making this up, but you know, uh, somebody who can augment your strategy work. So you are teaching the skill and then someone like me can come in and support it. Now you might be offering a craft teaching service, right? So you might be teaching people how to knit. Uh, (laughs) I always come up with that example because when I was a therapist, I don't even know how this happened, but I ended up with like this handful of people who all did various fiber arts. So they were either weavers or rug makers or, um, Um, You know, all kinds of like things dealing with yarn and thread. Um, And it's laughable because they call themselves hookers. And I could come home and tell my husband, oh, I worked with a bunch of hookers today. And that changes the whole conversation, right? But I worked with all these people in fiber arts, right? And so, for example, one of the things that like somebody loved to do was curate the yarn, love to go to all the different yarn shops in the area, find the best stores with the best deals and the most unique things and offer that, right? And so she had like this just like little like hot, free forum, I think, on Facebook. So if she was somebody who wanted to turn this into a business, she could be the person who curates this, who goes to the shops, who talks to the business owners, who does that. But she may not want to be the person who like takes the pictures and uploads it onto her site and does all these things. She might just want to stay in her zone of genius of offering a curated membership box so that every month the knitters and the crocheters and all the other people get this like really neat box. She can do the curating part and hire everybody else to do the rest. So as the membership owner, if you know that you want your time freedom, that you do want that like recurring revenue model, but you don't want to work that much or that many hours, you decide the membership you were going to build based on the life you want to have, that becomes your offering. And your people who need that level of support will find you. And when you dial it in to make sure that your people have the resources necessary to really learn and take action. So it might be, you know, the PDF checklist of the how-to accompanying a video. It might be somebody like me offering 
mirroring mindset. It might be an accountability system where people are, you know, matched up with accountability buddies within the membership. It might be a community site. Once you figure out what they need to have the level of success they aspire to, right? Because more often than not, we're creating these products and services based on like being five or six steps ahead of our ideal client. So what does it take your ideal client to get to where you are? And you know that if you had a crap ton of information in front of you, it's really overwhelming and less likely for your people to take action on. So if you can think of yourself as the learner, not as like, what is it going to take to keep this monthly revenue model at this level? What is it going to take to keep my clients? But if you think about what it would take for you to stay, it sets you up for success and makes it so streamlined and it dials you in as the expert. And when you build a business by that design, not based on the idea of what does it keep people to stay? How do I do this? You are avoiding burnout because you are in the driver's seat. So often we are managing burnout because we've absolved ourselves of the driver's seat. We've given that to our client. We've put ourselves barely in the passenger seat of the car and then we're reacting 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 and if it turns right we have to go right and if they turn left we have to go left and so then that creeps into the not good enough feeling that's how we start to encounter all of that i'm not worthy this isn't enough i have to do more but if we can keep ourselves firmly planted in the driver's seat to recognize that there are going to be people who are like wait you're only curating yarn i want i keep saying that name wrong um curating yarn. I want the patterns. I want that this. You then get to decide how you're going to partner with people who, you know, provide you with the patterns or you are going to learn how to partner with people who do video tutorials if you only like showing pictures or who, you know, do your closed captioning so that they can listen along or read along while they're knitting. Like whatever the, you know, sort of access whatever access they need to be the most successful that keeps you in your zone of genius sets you up for success and then you're never managing burnout so that's how I would do this. I would start to think about your ideal model recognizing that the people who want something else aren't going to be your ideal people. That if you can create deliverable, actionable results or a good, you know, some people not, you know, FYI, as an aside, this is going to take me down a whole entire rabbit hole, but not everyone wants the results and the transformation. Sometimes people just need community and support. So you decide for yourself what it is you want to offer. You own and give yourself permission that that's enough. It sets you up for success to be delivering the business that meets your plans and your goals for your life and your business. So I hope that gives you, um, you know, some organization to the question. As you start to think about it, if you can get out of what does my client want and you can get to what do I want to create, you can start to find your people who meet that measurement. Thank you so much for writing in with the question. If anybody else listening in has a question and you want my two cents on your life or business, please do consider finding me over at Heather at heathergreatconsulting.com. The best pod always comes from the best questions. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.